Thank you for joining the Homeschool Help Desk Live. My name is Tam and I'm here to help you. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And now let's get into the show. I mentioned yesterday that um, I'm thinking about letting my kids unschool for at least the first term when, we, when it is time for us to go back. So I haven't bought any brand new like eighth grade workbooks, but we do have resources here already that are of the middle school level, like headed into high school level. Um, plus I do also have like a, a membership with education.com, which includes eighth grade stuff and Khan Academy has eighth grade stuff. But if you're just looking for, you know, just general recommendations for eighth grade level things, I do have a resources link a resources list, excuse me, in the link in my profile. So um, if you're just looking for a bunch of different um, things that people have recommended, every time I go live, someone recommends something and I just add it to that resources list. Um, so you can definitely check that out. It's in the link in my uh, profile and, and it's the first tab. Oh, the high school beakers, springs, pulleys and tools. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, I'm not at the high school level yet, so I don't really have like a personal um, experience with that. I don't know if I'm going to invest in any of that stuff. I think it just depends on when we get there, but I probably won't. I think we might just watch the experiments <laughs> on YouTube or something. I don't think I'm going to uh, make that investment. What is unschool? Unschool is basically just the way that we learn as adults. Um, no, you know, you're not focused on a particular curriculum or a particular scope and sequence. You're just letting your child's interest kind of lead the way on that. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not learning. It just means that you're not beholden to a particular format of doing it. Oh, I think my kids are going to like it too, Missy. I was talking to them about it, um, especially my older two, for sure. And I said, and this is like the drill sergeant part of my brain, right? So they were like very excited to try unschooling my older two. But I was like, this would actually be good because we don't have any testing due this year anyway. <laughs> so it's like we can have one frivolous year is what I was thinking. But then I actually sat back and thought about it because, you know, I went through, through public school like most people. So I always think of unschooling as like, that's just what hippies do. <laughs> but um, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what, this is, what a gift this is gonna be to them for me to not be in their way and let their natural curiosity take the lead. Because pretty much up until this point, everything that we've done has been structured. It has had a, a schedule. Um, it has exceeded the state standards and you know, they've learned, but they really haven't, I haven't just backed off and let them just have a free reign with it, you know? So um, I think there's nothing wrong with giving it a try. We're definitely going to try it for the, you know, first term to see how it goes. And, um, you know, we'll just go from there. <laughs> I might be going crazy, <laughs> but I think my older two are definitely going to love it. And it'll give me more time to kind of focus on my son who's going to be going to first grade so he's probably not going to be completely unschooled in fact i know he's not we have things that i want to like goals that i want to achieve for him with reading and math and writing 
So he will not be unschooled. I can pretty much guarantee that. But the older two, I'll I'll let them have a have a term. <laughs> um, any suggestions for first, second grade social studies? So um, I personally used um, Studies Weekly, which I enjoyed and my oldest child enjoyed, but we are readers. So I will say if your child is not a reader or doesn't really enjoy like reading comprehension, Studies Weekly might not be a good fit because it is kind of heavy on the reading comprehension. Even though you can have your child listen like, like an audiobook, they don't have to do all the reading themselves. Um, if your child is like very resistant to reading, Studies Weekly might not be a good fit, but that is what we used. And I thought it was fine. Um, it definitely met the requirements that I was looking for, has a weekly, uh, we did it weekly. We didn't do it um, like every single day. So just having them sit and listen to one lesson and then take the quiz at the end, which was a combination of multiple choice and free response was fine. It was fine for us. Um, but yeah, if anyone else, I see other homeschool moments here. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, Chelsea. Good morning, Precious. If y'all want to share what you guys have done or used for first and second grade social studies, please do drop it in the chat. I have, like I said, personally, Studies Weekly was fine for us. Uh, so that's the one that I used, Studies Weekly. But then there's also others on the resources list in my profile too. So like I said, it's not just this is not just you know me and what I use. There are other good things out there. Um, you can also just use utilize the History Channel. Like you don't necessarily have to be super formal at that at that level, in my opinion. Um, watching documentaries, going to visit local museums, I think is is also fine. Um, and then uh, those Brain Quest decks. If you guys know the ones I'm talking about, that are like it comes in a two pack. They have history questions, social studies questions in them at that level. Matter of fact, I'll grab one so you can see. Hold on. There's also one about U.S. history in here. I should just bring this whole drawer over here. <laughs> it is kind of messy. Give me one second. I can't find the other one that I was looking for. I bet my kids have it. Okay. Nope. Here it is. Woo. Okay. So we were talking about first and second grade history or social studies. So I have these. These are just little states flashcards that have different state facts on there. These are the brain quest decks that I was talking about. And you know, you flip it open and it has, you know, social studies questions in there. So you'll be covering pretty much all the main subjects with these Brain Quest X. And then we also have this one. This I thrifted. So I don't, I don't know if they still do this one, but I think they should. They probably do. So this is a Brain Quest that's, that's like specifically about America with history and geography questions. Uh, in this one. So I like both of those for just random car rides or my kids personally, they like to stump me. They like to um, see what I don't know, see if they can find something that I don't know. Um, so these are good for that too. 
they'll ask me a question from the deck and see if I don't know it because <laughs> they know history is my weakness. So they learn by trying to stump me. Oh, also there's a word search that I've been doing. It's a history word search. So that's been helping me too. So I'm getting stumped a lot less. <laughs> oh gosh. But yes, thank you for that question. If I missed your question or if you've asked a question, um, please do type it in the chat for me so that I don't miss it. I'm just scrolling back up to see if I did miss a question. Good morning, everybody. Okay, so that's the social studies question. Learned, but were they invested in their learning? I think part of your question got cut off the misfit Amish. Because I see that you type good morning, and then the next thing I see is learned, but were they invested in their learning? So I think part of your question got cut off. If you don't mind, just retyping that. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Tips for toddlers to prepare them for pre-K and kindergarten curriculum. Um, so for pre-K, I really like just focusing on, um, you know, phonics, like reading. It, it depends on also if your kid is um, how, how they take to things, but definitely reading, counting, like you can never read too much in my opinion, like reading to your kid, um, identifying shapes, colors, um, numbers. I think doing the, you know, if they can spell their name, even better if they can write their name. Um, I would say if you're just looking for a list of things to just what you can be working on, um, definitely look into typing in like preschool scope and sequence, or um, you can look up pre-K standards for your state because most educators have something like that for your state. If you're just looking for a list of things to, to like be able to check off that they're good to go. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you already know the basics of what they would need to know for kindergarten, like numbers, spelling. You can even introduce addition, subtraction, like basic stuff. Like, you know, if they have little cars or toys that they like, you now have two. What happens if you take away one? How many do you have left? That kind of thing. So, um, you know, just keeping it fun, keep it casual. If you um, are a parent who does screen time, I do. Um, you can download different apps for them to play. I know PBS uh, kids has an app with different games. Um, we've downloaded little spelling apps that introduce spelling at that age. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things. Oh my gosh. I feel like there's so many preschool apps too. Um, so yeah, that's, those are some things that I would suggest. I also see some folks adding it into the comments too. Okay. Oh, I see you there. Misfit Amish, you said... Okay, like when kids are learning per a specific curriculum versus unschooling. In unschooling, we found more investment from our child on learning, which makes it tremendously more effective in retaining and engaging. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think I, I think I think I'm inclined to agree with you. Like I said, we haven't tried it out yet <laughs> because part of my brain is like, but where's the proof? And we need to show our work and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm, you know continuing to learn. Okay, that was that same question. Cool. Got that one. Yeah, I'm continuing to learn more um, as we go.
I'm sorry, I was hearing my kids outside. <laughs> okay, Ashley is asking, how do you help a reluctant learner? Mine is starting first grade and hates school in quotes. So Ashley, I also have a reluctant learner. She's my middle child. And um, game schooling has been a game changer, pun intended, because my kid doesn't like anything that feels formal. If it feels like we are transitioning from life to school, it's like you can just see the lights dim. You know, she's just like, fine, I'll do it just so I can get back to my regular life. But when I um, purchased more games like Upwards, um, Scrabble, uh, Guess Who, Math Bingo that does um, addition and subtraction and multiplication and division, there's two different games for that. Um, all of a sudden she's learning more, but it's not, it doesn't feel like school. So if there's any way that you can also kind of incorporate more of their interests without making it feel so formal like school. And that's kind of why unschooling is, is so exciting to my, my older two, uh, because it, it's not going to make them feel like they have to stop what they're doing, which is the fun part of life for them, and then transition to this school mindset, sit down with a workbook and a pencil and, you know, do all that kind of thing. So um, I would I would recommend getting on YouTube, looking up game schooling. There's a bunch of creators on YouTube that have shared what they're doing, like specific games, if you're, you know, that cover all the different subjects. Um, but that's what has been working for my middle child, who is also very reluctant to the formalities of school. I think for her, it's just like, She's just like, I can just tell you what I know. Why do I need to write this down? <laughs> Which she's not wrong. I mean, how many of us as adults are sitting down writing down what we know? So she's uh, she definitely takes after my side of the family with that. Like, what's the point? <laughs> I just told you I know it. Um, and then like, there's also different ways you can just incorporate things in life. Like um, I was I was on a live yesterday, but I'll just repeat the story because I wasn't uh, I don't think I shared it in the morning. So I've stopped drinking coffee. I know crazy, but I'm I've switched to like chai in the morning, which is still a little bit of caffeine. So I'm not completely insane. Um, and my kids were saying your tea smells good. OK, cool. Good. I'm glad that was helpful, Ashley. Um, so my kids were saying, like, your tea smells good. And I was like, yeah, it's chai. I'm trying something new. They're like, what's chai? So I handed them the box for them to look at the ingredients. And they were like, well, what's cardamom? What's, you know, they were asking, like, what are these ingredients? And we have a, a book in our house that I think is called the Encyclopedia of Herbal Medicine. And I just said, oh, here's the box. Here's the book. You can look up these ingredients to see what it, you know, what they are and what they do. And um, they were looking it up and they were just like, oh, this does this and this helps with chill blains. What's a chill blain? So I was like, well, there's the dictionary. Go grab the dictionary so you can look up chill blain. And, you know, they're like, well, what's a diuretic? And, they, you know, so that just your tea smells good turned into this whole like exploration down this rabbit hole of, you know, herbs and what they do and how they help us and and all these different ailments. And we have so many books in our house. Like we also have a, um, a medical book that they were looking up different ailments and so for that even though it's learning there's no worksheet there was no test there's no way for me to prove that they now know that stuff but it's like they do now <laughs> so i'm i'm kind of excited for unschooling in that way because that was like a, the perfect example of an unschooling lesson what they did um but again for me it's like 
proof. <laughs> Where's the progress report? Uh, so I have to like get that out of my head, I guess. Um, but we'll we'll try. Um, yes, I agree. Chai is the best. <laughs> oh, such a good one. Olivia says um, movement in learning helps too. That is so true for my son. Like sitting for my son is he's like, no, thank you. <laughs> he would rather be moving. Oh, pen pals with happy mail on holidays. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Pen pals. Um, okay. And I know, I think there was a question up a little bit. Um, okay. That was the reluctant learner question. Got it. Oh, good. Yeah. My kids also are very interested in computer coding too. Yeah. See, yeah. Just letting them kind of naturally pursue things. I find that it's almost, it's almost better than the workbooks because the workbooks kind of box them in. Um, but just allowing them to just explore that creativity, it leads to learning. We, I just have to, in my brain, it's almost like I have to translate it in my brain so that I'm, so that I'm okay with it, you know, because again, I'm conditioned to think that learning looks very linear. You know, we have a schedule, we follow it and you get a grade at the end of your assignment. Well, we all know that that's not life, that life is not linear like that you can be doing multiple different things and learn a lot of different lessons at the same time. So I am the problem <laughs> and I'm trying to correct it so that it you know, doesn't interfere with them um, because I don't want them to have to de-school from me when they become adults, you know, because I was too rigid. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Y'all just have to, <laughs> it's, it's me, it's my brain that has to be like separated from this linear way of looking at things. Um, Missy said, why the change? Are you talking about from coffee to chai? Um, if you are, the reason for me was I just wasn't feeling good. And I just have been on this kick of like paying a, paying more attention to what foods and drinks make me feel good and which ones don't. And coffee, while delicious, doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> At the end of the day, I feel like I'm just, you know, scratching and clawing to the end of the day because my energy is just zapped. So I just thought, let me just try something different. And ever since I've switched from chai, I mean, from coffee to chai and incorporated more of like a well-balanced breakfast, it's been a big boost to me. So that's basically it. Like I, it just, I wasn't feeling good. And I tried to stop cold turkey and I did for a month, but then I was like, but I still miss my warm hug in a mug. So rather than just completely quit caffeine, I just was like, let's just switch to tea. And then I was trying herbal tea and that was okay, but I, was like, I just wanted something with more flavor. That was a good way to start the morning. Cause for me, kind of switching gears just a second from homeschooling, my morning routine is like really crucial to how the rest of my day goes. So I start with making a warm hug in a mug. And while I'm waiting for that to finish, I'll put a load of clothes in the laundry. And just doing that makes me feel like I've got like a win for the day already. So yeah, that's basically all it was, was just coffee didn't make me feel good after, I don't know how many years I've been drinking it, like four or five years of drinking it. Cause I really didn't drink coffee when I was younger either. Um, I think I started because, you know, mom culture makes you feel like it's part of it, <laughs> like coffee and wine, coffee and wine are the drinks. And so I was like, oh, drink coffee too. And 
It just was like, eh, it's not for me. <clears throat> okay, give me a second, guys. Oh, your seven-year-old hates writing stuff down. Yeah, my my six-year-old is kind of like that. I'm, but I think dry erase is helping. I really do. Like he he doesn't really care for writing on paper. He'd prefer to draw on paper. But dry erase, he's more interested in writing using a dry erase marker. So that's why I, I have chosen to go with the wipe clean notebooks for him for first grade. Okay, both kids are asking to go back to school and now the 11 year old said he doesn't wanna go. I'm not sure if he's nervous or if he tru truly doesn't wanna go, what do you think? Mm. So Tracy, I would wanna maybe get to the bottom of that a little bit more, like <clears throat> what sparked the desire to go? Was it just like FOMO cause all his friends are going? And then also like, you know, what prompted the change of heart? Like, is he nervous about the change, nervous about, you know, cause we all get like first day of school jitters, but I don't know, I would wanna dig more down into that. I, I think, I don't know. Cause like, I know, I know sometimes kids just have FOMO of like my, all my friends are going and I'm not gonna know what's going on cause I'm not there. So it's really not even about the school itself. It's about being around their group of friends. Um, in which case ha you can have that conversation of like, you know, absence, not absence makes the heart go fonder. That's not what I was trying to say, but like, what do you think that you're going to miss that they can't tell you about? Or, you know, just like dig down into it a little bit more, I would say. Um, or if, like I said, if it's just like nervous back to school jitters, it's like, Everybody feels that it doesn't matter what new activity it's going to be, but I don't know. It's just, I would want to talk to him more about it just to say like, you know, let's, let's dig deeper into this and maybe like doing it over a game of Uno or something. So it's like more casual. It's not like a sit down formal chat. It's just like, so not excited to go back to school, draw four. <laughs> I find that that helps to like <laughs> loosen the lips a little bit when they're like, when we're playing a game and they'll talk um, a little bit more freely. Um, let's see. Okay, I'm just double checking the question, or excuse me, the comment section to make sure I didn't miss a question after Tracy's comment. I think I'm caught up. I do not take vitamins. Um, let's see. Oh, that's a good idea. You modify the reading lesson, doing it outside with chalk instead of workbooks. Yeah, I think anytime that it's like, outside of this, you know, you know, linear, like rectangular way of thinking outside the box thinking kids enjoy it more. Oh, good, Imani. Good. I'm glad it's helping relax you. <laughs> he said he thought he'd miss his friends and now he doesn't want to go back to that setup. Oh, okay. So it sounds like the, the original impetus to go was his friends. But now that he's like, oh, wait, I'll actually have to do the work and get up early. He's like, wait, no. So it sounds like he's kind of already had this like full circle moment of, of you know, his own decision making. And you didn't even have to really get involved, I guess. <laughs> like he's already, you know, had that thought process of like, oh, I'm going to miss my friends. I want to go to school. But wait, there's more to school than just hanging out with my friends. And I don't want to do that part. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. So yeah, hopefully, I don't know, like I said, I would still maybe just chat about it as it gets closer, just to like check in with his feelings about it. Um, 
And like I said, uh, Uno is is like the thing that gets my kids chatting, like just any kind of game. Uno, Connect Four, getting those, getting them to chat about whatever they've been thinking about, but without it seeming like we're sitting down having a formal family chat, you know. Um, but that's, I don't know, that's what I would try. Uh, okay, I see a question in QA, so let me grab that. Do you plan to do this live year round? Yeah, so far I do. <laughs> so far I do. Um, I started doing these back in May, so we were kind of wrapping up school then anyway. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm still planning to continue because it's a good start to my day. So selfishly, I enjoy it. <laughs> are your children working independently during your lives? Yes, they are. Um, my kids right now are, let's see, I hear one of them washing dishes. My son is, he's just playing because he's doing the little like action <laughs> noise. Like, you know, when you're playing, just playing with toys. My middle child is, if she's not finished cleaning her bathroom, then... She's finishing that because that's what she was doing before I started. And then now she's probably on the iPad or finishing up breakfast. <laughs> so, yep, my kids are very used to me being um, unavailable for an hour and a half to two hours at a time because I, uh, up until February, was working from home. I worked customer service from home. And they, at, you know, the way that this classroom is set up, there's a the glass French doors right here. So if they really need me, they can come to the door and, and speak to me. And, and obviously they know they can come in during the live, but they're used to working or being independent from me for um, a couple hours at a time because I was working up until February. I, I was working that job for like two and a half years. So they are used to it. <laughs> you gonna pull out the Uno cards. Yes, I'm telling you, like, you guys, if you ever want to have a chat with your kids, do it over a game. That's, that is my, like, my one parenting piece of advice. It's like, the, the, I don't know if it's just, they're focused on the competition, but it definitely loosens the lips to just, you know, pull out a I Declare War, Go Fish, Uno, Connect Four. It gets them talking for sure. <laughs> You really want to know what's going on inside their heads. Do it over a game. Monopoly too. Well, actually, no. Monopoly is my game, and I'm focused at that point. I'm like, you can tell me about your life later. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, just having fun, doing it over a game. You're welcome. Good morning, Kay. I'm just scrolling back up because I think I think I'm caught up though. If I did miss your question and you're still here in the chat, please do um, just type it in the QA for me because I'm logged in under a separate profile. So I just I'm trying to like read the chat from that screen as opposed to the phone screen because I don't know for whatever reason it only shows me like a couple comments at a time and I end up I feel like I end up missing what people are saying. Uh, okay, jamming no spaces. You said white chalk magnetic four year old hates writing tips. I wouldn't force writing at four. That's still, in my opinion, quite young. Um, 
I don't think it's necessary to make it a formal thing that happens at that age. Um, I will show if you're just worried, if the concern is more just about introducing letters and phonics, you can do that without your kid having to write it down. But you could also um, think, try uh, Pictionary if you're just wanting them to get familiarity with, you know, holding a marker or holding a pencil. Try Pictionary uh, because it's a game. You guys, I'm a, I'm a fan of games. And if, if your four-year-old is ready for something like that, I would try that. But um, at that age, I, just, I wouldn't even force it. If your kid's just not interested, don't push it. Um, I would definitely think at four, it's more important to like, you know, know the letters, know the shapes, know the colors, know your numbers. Writing will come. It's, it's not, in my opinion, necessary to force it at that young of an age. But you could also try dry erase boards. Um, I'm a big fan of dry erase boards. Also, um, they do have pre-K wipe clean notebooks. Unfortunately, I don't have them to show because I just gave them to my three-year-old nephew. Um, but thicker dry erase markers like, uh, like that are this thick with just a plain dry erase board to let them scribble and have some free flow time. Let me show you the dry erase boards that we have that I like. So these are double-sided. One side's blank, the other side has those handwriting lines. And you can just invest in something like this um, when the time comes and they are interested. Like you don't have to rush it though. It will happen on its own naturally. And if you do get these, I got these from Amazon. It is Prime Day, y'all. <laughs> so they might be on sale, I don't know. Hey, good morning. You made a game for letter recognition that worked amazingly good. What's the game? Oh, okay. That's a good idea, Missy, that you have a mommy notebook. You started keeping up with it. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Homeschool Help Desk Live. If you'd like to participate in a live show, you can follow me on TikTok at Cousin Tam and join the live every Monday through Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now, back to the show. Like a yearbook or a diary. Uh, Prime day. I know I'm resisting the urge to go nuts. <laughs> um, oh, you're talking about this dry erase board, Missy? This is what I was showing. So it's the lines on one side and just blank on the other. And um, even my eighth grader is still using these guys. Like she'll use this instead of scratch paper for her math. Um, we've played games using these. Um, like, does anybody remember like the newlywed game? We had to match the answers. <laughs> so dry erase boards are just, I think, a good investment just in general. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think it's a motor skills issue. I think it's just like four, four is still, like I said, very young in my mind for writing. So uh, trust me, you, you're good. You got time. If you ever do think it's an issue, of course, bring it up to your doctor. But I think at four, it's not 
unusual. They're not behind or anything like that because um, because they're not writing yet. So do not worry about it. Uh, you said I never have any money on Prime days. Uh, oh, Reed loves dry erase marker. Yeah, dry erase is like... That is my homeschooling style in a nutshell. It's like dry erase right now. <laughs> dry erase and games and a little bit of brain quest. Like these, these brain quest decks. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, I do wanna know the letter recognition game. Oh, oh, here she goes. So I have all the capital letters and kiddos have the lowercase letters. Each kid picks a lower to match to mine. Oh, or they, okay. Correct answers are rewarded. My kiddos new letters and uh, letters upper and lower by four. Oh, that sounds cool. Oh, you're popping in and out. You're Amazon priming. Hey, do you girl, don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, Kaya, I've, you know, I've been hearing that more and more too. Like um, she's saying, I read a study that the hand isn't totally developed for writing until age seven and eight. It, yeah, I've been hearing that more and more. And it's so funny, y'all, like the way, um, you know, this research is coming out that supports, you know, shorter school days, less structured school days, more time for play. It's like all the things are pointing towards unschooling. <laughs> But, you know, those of us that grew up in the public school system, we are so resistant to, I'll speak for myself, I am so resistant to letting some of those things go. Um, but it's happening for me slowly, like over time. What is BrainQuest? These are BrainQuest decks. Uh, they come in a two pack for every grade level up through grade eight. So I believe it starts at pre-K and it goes through grade eight. And what they do is um, they have questions on one, I guess you call this a page, and then answers on the second. And it has all the subjects, reading, math, language, arts, social studies. They even have miscellaneous um, questions. My kids really like these. They're great for the car. I had these when I was young, so I was very excited to continue to incorporate them. Um, and then they also have subjects like these where it's like covers you know, history and geography of America. Um, so yeah, that's what BrainQuest is. Oh, okay, you did magnets. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, you use marshmallows for rewards. Yes, my kids are very marshmallow motivated too. <laughs> I have to try to rein that in sometimes. Wait, what? Oh, okay, you're talking about the study. I was like, why are we talking about ligaments and tendons? Okay, you're talking about the hand development. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm jumping around, and I guess the comments are just coming in kind of in a random order, too. Those are on your list this year. Yeah, y'all, I seriously, I recommend the Brain Quest X. Cause it's, it's great for those days where you're just like not really feeling it, but you want to do something. Um, so that's what I would try. Your kid says public school feels like a prison. Mm. 
It does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Libby, they are a good jumping off point for a curriculum because they have, you know, the main subjects, reading, writing, I'm not writing, reading, language arts, um, math, science, and social studies are in the older ones. So as you get older, they, they add in science. Um, I think science probably starts at the second or third grade brain quest, but yeah, I like those. Any recommendations for high school age students? So yeah, um, in my profile, I have a list of resources that have been recommended through, you know, just all of these lives that we've been doing. Um, there's a ton of things on there that go all the way through high school if you want to check those out. I am not personally at the high school level yet. And I don't think, I'm trying to remember who's in here that is a homeschooling mom that I know for sure I don't think anyone in here is currently high schooling or high schooling, homeschooling high school. If you are in here currently homeschooling high school, please do um, let me know. And if you want to share what you guys are using, if you're in high school, but definitely on the resources list, there are some things. But yeah, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> Yes, daily are now. Yeah, the kids, schools today are not like um, schools when I was younger. Okay, plant-based Messiah, you did homeschool high school. Okay, cool. Yeah, do you want to share what you guys did? Would you recommend the BrainQuest deck for the grade your child is going to. Yes. Yeah, I have BrainQuest X for all the grades. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I I like the BrainQuest. Again, it's just like one of those great, like, it's 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 great for those casual days where you're just like, I'm, I'm bored. Oh, go flip through and, you know, just answer a question. Like, you just turn randomly to a page and it's like, you know, this one's the first grade one. Uh, which one is as cold as ice cream, cocoa or snow? That's a language arts question. What will a lamb be? What will a lamb grow up to be? That's a science question. Oh, science is in here. Did I not? Oh, okay. It alternates. Science and social studies alternate. I see. Okay. So science is in here. Which animals do not have hooves? That's another science question. So, I mean, yeah, just great for those moments where I'm like, mom, I'm bored. Here you go. <laughs> Okay, I see a question in QA. Ideas to make writing fun for sixth grade. Um, Pictionary is the first thing that jumps out of my brain. Like literally, Pictionary is one of those things where you can incorporate writing if you want to. Um, but if you're talking about like formal like writing, you could have them have a pen pal with like a family member to send snail mail um, so that it's not like a writing assignment. It's like writing with a purpose. Um, you could also encourage them to, if you're just talking about penmanship practice, you can encourage them to think of it more like art and incorporate like an art lesson where you're practicing calligraphy or something to that effect. Um, if you're talking about, oh, let me get my, I made this for my kids. Hold on. It just popped into my head as I was remembering. So I have a laminating problem, guys, not trying to fix it. <laughs> I did this uh, back in when my kid was, I think she was going into middle school for the first time. And I got this format from, I think I got this from, 
No, this says second grade. What? Where did I get this from? Anyway, it's um, making a reading journal. So if your kid is a reader, you could have them um, do like a reading log. I made this template, which is for when they do um, literary reading. So like fiction and nonfiction, basically. Um, and make it to where they're just doing like a reading log with specific questions. I don't think y'all can see that. I think this is coming through blurry. But like incorporating it with another activity that might help. So maybe where did I did I make I think I made this. I didn't I don't think I printed this from somewhere. I yeah, guys, I can't remember. I do too much sometimes. <laughs> um, but that's what I would try. Or, you know, having them send emails to family is another form of writing. It's more like typing. Um, but if you're talking about like just to get the flow of a five paragraph essay or something, maybe try that. Um, but yeah, if anyone else has any recommendations for how you make uh, writing fun for sixth grade, do give that a try or do share, I should say. Mm, writing was only fun for me once I understood it and reading builds writing, building and reading, building writing techniques. <laughs> so I can't read. Hmm. Yeah, Local Patriot says, um, my youngest doesn't like writing assignments, but likes writing letters to out-of-state family. Yeah, like the, what I have found is like, if, the, if, if it's an assignment, they don't like it. But if it's just like something that feels natural, like a natural part of life, it's, it's no problem. Um, so that's what I would try. And um, Local Patriot is, yeah, already saying like, yep, it definitely works. Ooh, shoot, the comments snapped down. Do you know BrainQuest has reading decks? No, do they? Hold on, let me go over here to Amazon. BrainQuest reading decks? You're right. Yeah, I think I've seen this because I think they have a math one too, right? Oh, that one says for the car. That's the American one. Yeah, they have it for math too. Yes, I have seen this before. I've always just gotten the grade level ones um, when I order them. This one, this um, one that says America on it, I just got that at a thrift store because uh, I was like, oh, cool. But I've not bought any of the other topics. But yeah, you're right. They sure do. Okay. Do you recommend any educational shows on TV, YouTube? Yep. Um... We, we watch a lot of How It's Made. That's one that just jumps out at me. Um, we like Crash Course. That's on YouTube. Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the things that we watch? PBS shows like Odd Squad. That's for younger kids, of course. Um, oh, the Who Was series. That's on Netflix, I believe. We did watch Little Pim, which is a language series that's on Prime. Oh my gosh, why am I blanking right now? Kids Learning Tube, that's on YouTube. Um, it kind of teaches things through song. Um, oh my gosh, Storybots. Storybots was fun too for younger kids. Oh dear, my brain is not working. 
Uh, do I have that on PDF? Oh, um, gosh, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I probably do have it on PDF somewhere. I'd have to go back in my files and look. Oh, will you please show it again so I can screenshot? Yeah. Sorry. I hope you're still in here. Who, who said that? April. Sorry, y'all. I know I'm, I'm not getting comments as quickly as y'all write them. I'm sorry. Hopefully that's coming through clear enough. I can't tell if there's a glare. Hopefully it's not a glare. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Have this sixth grader write two paragraphs about anything she wants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ranger Zach show is cute. Okay, I haven't seen that one. He said, just don't do it my parents' way. They made me write sentences. I have done that. <laughs> Only as like when there's been disrespect, though. Not just because. Gosh, it's been a while since they've done that, though. What curriculum are you wanting to teach your high school child? Is that, that's, um, I'm assuming that question is directed at me. Um, so for Georgia, we have a list of 17 courses that um, have to be taught um, in order to be considered a high school graduate. So we're just gonna follow those. Um, and there's like a PDF attachment, or not PDF attachment, what am I trying to say? There's like a document for if you are trying to be college bound of what courses you have to teach and we're just gonna follow that. Now, which program am I gonna use? I don't know, but I know what courses we're gonna teach. <laughs> I do know I do know what we're teaching. I don't know who will be the teacher because we might do, you know, out school or something like that um, for some of the classes. <laughs> Shannon says she wrote me a complaint letter how she hates writing. Mission accomplished. <laughs> it's writing, it counts. Uh, okay, they talk about different animals. Okay, cool. I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay, cool. Y'all can read it clearly. Good, good. Yeah, I can't tell how clearly things are coming through on y'all's end. So I hope it's coming through pretty clear. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that she wrote you a complaint letter. That's, that's an idea though, that for some writing, you could set up a complaint box and have them fill out like a questionnaire or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. Okay, I think I'm caught up on questions. If I have missed anyone's question, I promise it's not intentional. Um, please do type it in the QA if I, uh, if I did miss something that you've asked me or said to me. Because um, I can just tell I'm not seeing all of y'all's questions. I feel like some of them are also getting cut off, but maybe that's just how it appears to me. Okay, maybe. All right. You said, oh yeah, your kids are obsessed with Odd Squad. That's my son. He loves Odd Squad. You say, can I just mail my kid to your classroom? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Seriously, no, I am not. I know that um, homeschool parents have that um, 
reputation for being patient. I am not patient. <laughs> I am not patient at all. And when I have kids at my house, I'm like, like gritting, you know, gripping my fingers. Like, when does your mother come back? Do you edit writing or do you have them do it? Um, it depends on what it is. So, um, for I'll give you this example. Um, just yesterday, I was with my rising eighth grader, and we went through and looked at um, a message that I received from a, a company that wants me to review their product. And we kind of edited <laughs> their letter that they wrote to me because it was kind of a weirdly written letter. So I just used that and said, how would how would you improve this communication? How would you have improved this um, this first impressions letter to me? And so she would have, you know, she went through and was like, I would have said this, I would have said that, I would have taken this out, taken that out. So that was kind of a fun, you know, informal way of looking at editing. Um, but also I have she has done assignments like in the Evan Moore writing uh, workbook that we used last year where I edited for her. And then there were some assignments that were very simple and she self-edited. So um, kind of depends on the assignment. But we've, we've done it both ways. And ooh, not that. <laughs> that is not my question. Um, okay. And then, oh, can I show it again? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully you're still here, April. I'm getting ready to show it right now. Is it hopefully not too much of a glare? Okay, I hope that was clear. And then this is the back side. Hopefully it's not too much of a glare. Okay, I think I had it steady, hopefully. <laughs> Alrighty, how does the state assessment work? How does state assessments and unschooling work? So for us, Kay, we don't have any assessments to do this year. We just have, um, we only have to do it third grade, sixth grade, ninth grade, and 12th grade. So <laughs> that was one of the reasons I'm even open to doing unschooling is because this year there's no assessments at the end of it. Um, I do not know if we will be unschooling next year. However, if let's say for let's say it was an assessment year this year. The assessments that we have been using are the past test from Hewitt Learning. I think I would have still, I think I would still just give them the assessment. We might do some prep getting closer to the time for them to take it just to review, um, especially using the um, Big Fat Notebook series with the math and the English language arts, because those are the two main sections of those tests. So, you know, leading up to the test, we would just focus more on review at that point. But I, I don't know. I don't even know if we're going to continue with unschooling <laughs> beyond this first term. Um, I might try. I don't know. We might try. <laughs> it just depends on how it goes. But either way, the assessment is just a test. You know, it's not anything that I have to turn into anyone. So I don't feel any pressure that they have to get a certain grade or else we can't homeschool. Like there's no repercussions attached to it. I just have to give them the test and maintain the records for three years here in my state. So if even if we were going to do an assessment at the end of this year, I, I don't think I would be too concerned about it. 
I say that now, like future me would probably be, a, <laughs> be concerned. I don't know. Um, let's see. You're welcome, April. Lorindy said, where did you find the reading response? Would it work for books about animal facts? Are you talking about this um, laminated thing? I don't know. I think I probably found this or it was inspired by something I saw online. I'm, I, there's so many places that I look and find resources. You said, would it work for books on animals? It could because the, you know, the front side is, you know, about fictional stories and the back side is informational. So if you had them reading an informational book, like a nonfiction book about animals, it could work. You might have to remove some questions. Like this one says, talk about the connection um, between procedures mentioned in the reading. Like if there's no procedures mentioned, you don't have to answer that question. <laughs> so, but I guess it could. Um, do all states require assessment testing? No, they do not. Like Texas, Illinois, off the top of my head, I know they don't. I don't think California does either. Um, so no, no, all states do not. Oh, good idea, Kay. A term of unschooling and a term of structured learning. Exactly. Yeah, we could alternate. He said, do you not enjoy unschooling? So it's not that I don't enjoy it. <laughs> it's that the type A structured part of my brain demands to know how will we show proof that we've learned. And that's the part that I'm trying to reconcile with. Unschooling, I know, is how we all actually learn in real life. It's just for me, like, how will I keep track of it to show that learning happened? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like Pixar, it didn't happen kind of thing. So I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. But I have a system that I think I'm going, that I think will work. It's uh, basically a digital homeschool binder. Um, so that's what I think is going to help me like relax about it all. <laughs> so hopefully we'll see, <laughs> it remains to be seen. Okay, how do you juggle teaching different ages? Um, staggering the start times. I don't start everybody at the same time. When they were younger, we could do unit studies. So they could do some subjects together like science and social studies. But now that my oldest is almost in eighth grade and my youngest is in first, it's just kind of too much of a gap. Um, so staggered start times definitely encourage independent learning. <laughs> and um, sometimes just separating them in our home. So having them in different spots and I'll just kind of rotate between the three of them if they happen to all be working at the same time. Um, also, I try not to have them all working on the same subject at the same time because that was just confusing me. <laughs> um, also, outsourcing subjects if you can, like having some subjects be digital and some be um, paper or workbook. So, for example, I would have one kid working on typing while another kid might be working on math. So the typer doesn't really need much help. They just have to follow the, the typing prompt. Then I could focus on helping the math student while maybe my son is watching Odd Squad, you know, like just having them doing different things um, was helpful. But also just, you, you, you kind of find your flow. Like I have a very motivated, my oldest child is very motivated and, you know, can do a lot of things like self um, by herself. My middle child is my reluctant learner. So setting her up with more digital resources has been helpful or, or games has been helpful. And then my son, because he's kind of young, he'll, He's okay with, first of all, his days are much shorter. So he's okay with like 
you know, we would read a book. He would practice a little bit of writing. We'd do a little bit of math. His day is done. He can go do, you know, PBS Kids while I'm working with my reluctant learner. And by then my oldest is getting started or you're getting done. So they don't all need me in the same way at the same time. That was also helpful. Yeah, you know what? Good question. Is it type A or learned educational conditioning? It's both. It's like 100% both. I am literally a type A um, because I like structure and, and flow because that's me, that I was raised by a literal drill sergeant. <laughs> so we just have that structured routine that's just ingrained in me, but also conditioning from public school. It's definitely both. <laughs> um, okay. Would you list a camp as a class on a transcript? Um, I didn't, I included it as part of science because my, my oldest went to a STEM camp last uh, summer and I just included that with science. So I didn't list it separately, but I suppose it depends on the camp. Like if you're going to like a theater camp, I would for sure put that as like a class that was taken. So I think it depends on the camp um, or like if it's a music camp or something. So maybe I didn't last year. Cause like I said, it was a science camp. Like it was a STEM camp that uh, one of our local colleges was putting on with Girl Scouts. So I just included that with science. It just it was all lumped in together. I did not separate that on the transcript, but like I said, if it had been a different subject, maybe, maybe I would have. That's a good question. Best resource to teach typing. I like typing.com. That's the one we've been using. I had no complaint from, from my kids. I would probably start that in maybe the third or fourth grade. Um, we were using education.com's typing before that, um, which was also like nice. That's for my son. Uh, he's He's been doing that. He started doing that last year, which was kindergarten for him. And it just basically teaches, you know, home row keys and a couple of words. Um, but then they switched to typing.com. So those were the two resources that we used. Um, but if anyone else has any other typing resources that they like, please do share. Best resource for teaching Spanish for fifth and eighth grade. Um, we have been using um, Duolingo. I don't know why I was forgetting the name of the app. We have been using Duolingo, also um, reading books in Spanish, watching some of their favorite shows with the Spanish subtitles. Um, we also did use Little Pim, but that's for really young kids. You said fifth and eighth grade, so I wouldn't suggest Little Pim for that. Um, we also, I just have learned about Mango, which is um, free through our library. So I'm thinking we might try that too this year. Um, for for Spanish and my oldest would like to learn Japanese. So we'll see how that goes. But those are the ones that I've been using. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. You wish you could full-time homeschool, but I'm not built for it. <laughs> you do have to be a special kind of crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I understand. It's not for everybody. Are y'all in Girl Scouts or was the camp just with them? I've been thinking about Girl Scouts for my girls. We are Girl Scouts. Not we, they. <laughs> my kids are. I was never a Girl Scout. Um, but yes, they have been Girl Scouts since Daisies. Yay. Cookie pushes. 
what age do you typically start to homeschool? So um, that's it's like a two part answer for me, Ashley. I started really started um, probably when they were about three or four when they you know first start talking. I'm teaching formally paperwork for Georgia doesn't start until the age of three. I mean, I'm sorry, six, not three, <laughs> six. So, um, so that's kind of like a two part answer, but really I've been teaching them since I brought them home, honestly. Um, but yeah, so I think you start when they are, they're showing that curiosity for like just informally but then when paperwork gets involved if your state even requires it because it might not um it was the that age is six in georgia but check with your state just to make sure i hope you're enjoying this episode of homeschool help desk live if you'd like to participate in a live show you can follow me on tiktok at cousin tam and join the live every monday through thursday from 8 30 a.m to 10 a.m eastern standard time and now back to the show it was so formal. I think it still is going on too. I would have to ask my aunt, but man, it was, it was like the, it was like a whole debutante experience. Like, <laughs> I don't think I knew it at the time. It was just something we did. My whole family just did it. But yeah, heading to fourth grade and reading comprehension is a struggle. Yes, Tracy, I am with you there. And that's where I think incorporating games will be helpful for you because also for my middle child she just doesn't like to read when it's for school she will read um like owl diaries and other like graphic novel books for you know for her pleasure just because she likes it but as soon as it goes from okay now we need to read it from this workbook she's like i can't read i can't see everything i don't know <laughs> so it's just like ah any way that you can try to make it more fun, I think is going to help. But just know that you're not alone on that. It is literally, I feel like everything with her is trial and error because everything that worked for my oldest does not work for her. <laughs> I had to like completely switch some things up and sometimes just bribe them to get it done. But I think that's why unschooling is gonna be good, especially for her, because she is so anti everything structured. And she's so darn social. She's like literally the opposite of me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. I have a son with a SLD. Is, what is SLD? Uh, I just want to make sure I'm not assuming um, what your acronym means. Because I think severe learning disability, but that might not be what you're saying. So Choice Prep Academy, if I got that wrong, please correct me. Um, I just don't want to be assuming and answering a question that's not based on what you've said. Um, you said I have a selective people need. <laughs> I understand that. Okay. Oh, gosh, I just jumped down again. Hold on. I'm trying to scroll back up. Is Girl Scouts not very religious on the website it gave the impression it kind of was depends on the troop leader i would say that it depends on the troop leader like i've been in troops where religion is not mentioned at all like it's part of the the girl scout law does mention god but it depends on the troop leader that you have like I, we've been in troops where the troop wanted to pray before everything and we've been in troops where 
there was no religion mentioned. So just depends on the troop leader. How to help a reluctant seventh grader who has an issue with math. Um, games. That I'm, I feel like that's going to be my answer for every time I see the word reluctant. Like as soon as I see the word reluctant, my mind immediately goes to games. Um, but if you can make it a game or, or also for a seventh grader, though, it could just be like he or she doesn't understand why it matters. And so that could be what the issue is with the reluctance. And maybe it's just a, a, um, needing to communicate why they should care, because I know that really helped with my oldest. Once she learned like why the math mattered, that kind of flipped a switch. She was like, oh, this isn't useless. <laughs> so um, I think it depends if it's like reluctance because they don't like it or reluctant because they don't understand it or reluctant because of how it's presented. Maybe you just don't like workbooks for them in math is not going to be something that they connect with. And that comes into like learning the like with the learning style that could just be like how it's being presented isn't, it's just not clicking. So um, kind of depends on what the, where the, where the reluctance is stemmed, like where it comes from. Um, she's her grandmother's child. <laughs> mm. I'm going to not comment on that <laughs> in case my mom is in here. She might not be. What is the youngest age you can start homeschooling? As soon as you feel like they're um, curious, you can start. Like if they're asking, what's this, what's that? Start. Um, mm -mm. Jack and Jill of America as a kid. Oh, okay. I don't know what that is. I'm going to have to look at what that is. You want your kids to do martial arts and a musical instrument. Yep, I do think playing a musical instrument is very important in martial arts. I love that too. I think that's where we're going to be putting our son in. She must be a Gemini. No, <laughs> she's not. Um, used to be fun for you, a little elitist and cliquish. Oh, is that about Jack and Jill? High functioning ASD. Okay. Hmm. Y'all with these acronyms. Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me make sure I know what that is. Oh, okay. I had to have to like see it. Okay. So, hmm. Does he prefer learning in a hands-on way or like what what do you notice that he gravitates towards? Um I wish I knew your name. It just says release finally. <laughs> so like, what does he tend to gravitate towards? Because it could be that his reluctance is in the way that the current curriculum you're using is presented. Maybe. That could be what it is. Um, sometimes so hard to be specific. I want to be more specific with you guys when you have like that um, level of specificity in your question. Uh, Oh, it's used as an umbrella term in IEP. My son's ethnicity was receptive language disorder and dyslexia. Okay, thank you. I just, thank you for breaking that down because I was like, what's the acronym mean? <laughs> okay, thank you for breaking that down for me. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Receptive language disorder and dyslexia. 
Okay, well, obviously my brain is triggered when you say dyslexia to say, I recommend chatting with Team Hey Homeschools because she has five children, four of whom have dyslexia. Um, and she goes live on Fridays in the morning to talk about homeschooling things. So maybe she has some ideas and resources. But um, also I do have a Rolodex of other homeschoolers in my profile that you can reach out to um, just to chat with other people and get their ideas and opinions on different resources or different methods and tactics of how to introduce things. Oh, hey, Jennifer, school's done for the day on your third cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, yes, I am semi-forced to be people-y. That's, that is a, that is a fact. <laughs> uh, you said you miss social cues and people want to be friends at the library. Like, why is she smiling at me? <laughs> oh my gosh. Your other favorite thing is to school year round. Yeah, I don't like, I like to be consistent whenever possible. And having that huge long break just turns my kids into spiders. They start crawling up the walls. Like, can you stop? <laughs> okay, he's more hands-on, but overall for him, it's a struggle. Hmm. I don't know. I want to say like, did you say seventh grade is the grade that he's in? Let me scroll back up. Hmm, give me a moment. A hands-on math. Why does Matthew C pop up in my brain? Do they do hands-on? Matthew C, why is that in my head? Yeah, wait, do they go up to seventh grade though? Matthew C is a curriculum that is, is just jumping out of my brain right now. That might be a good, oh, he's going to eighth. Thank you. Um, maybe that would help. Oh, and then Queen Hippolyta says, we love Matthew C. Yeah, I don't know why that's jumping out at me as po as possibly a good alternative um, or a good way to present math in a different way. Maybe. I'm, I would say check out the Matthew C website and see if any of that would be appealing or possibly helpful. Oh, you, oh, another, you guys are saying, um, you guys love it too. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I think it goes through high school as well. Um, cool. Cool. Thank you guys for chiming in, um, that you guys are liking that. It's story time at the library today. We missed it because we went to nature preserve the last two weeks. Oh, cool. Your library has some activities, but I wish they had a few more in her age range. Yeah. Our library kind of skips children from like six to 11, there's like a gap. So they do activities for young people. They do activities for teens, but that middle range is like, I don't know. There's not really much for them at the library. Okay. I see a question popped up in QA. How do you resist signing them up for 40 different activities? I restrict them to one each, not joking. So the thing about homeschooling is all of a sudden you have time for everything, right? And I fell into that trap in the beginning of doing everything, going everywhere, all the meetups, all the co-ops and playdates and everything. 
And I finally just said to myself, we don't need this much socialization. It's too much for me. I'm not enjoying it. I'm not going to keep doing it. So I told my kids, each of you can have one thing that requires us to be outside of the house per week, choose wisely. <laughs> and that has been helpful. So we have like one structured thing that they do um, on a weekly basis. But then, you know, if natural friendship playdates occur and happen, that's fine. Like they get invited to sleepovers and playdates and stuff naturally. So it's not like weekly. Um, that's fine. And then I'll, I'll, we also do the library and just live our normal life. But I finally, I just had to put my foot down. It's like one activity, one structured thing that requires us to like be somewhere at a certain time and, you know, pay if we have to pay one, you get one. <laughs> Cause that's still us being out of the house three times a week for each kid. So I was just, I just had to say one, one is enough. And I, you know, if other people are like, that's not enough socialization for you. <laughs> it's plenty for us. It's plenty for us, trust me. Um, so yeah, I just had to put my foot down because it was too much. We were literally out, it felt like at least four or five days a week. It just was too much. And like, when are, when do you get to be by yourself and think your own thoughts? Never, because you're constantly preparing for something. You're, getting ready for something. So yeah, I just had to put my foot down and say, you may do one activity that's like structured and then we can just live life the rest of the time. <laughs> Library socialization is hard. Oh, <laughs> it can be, yeah. I find wearing something fun like i have monopoly shoes so if i'm feeling social that day i'll wear monopoly shoes or i'll wear a shirt that says homeschool or something and that tends to get people to feel i guess that they can talk to me because sometimes my face doesn't look friendly <laughs> uh, but yeah sometimes those you know conversation starter wardrobe yeah yeah they'll be like here's something for two to five and then everything else is nine and up yeah there's definitely a gap in activities at our library i don't know why maybe it's because they assume that the kids are going to elementary school and getting activities there i don't know you said they get two activities can't do more than that yeah you have to put a cap on it what activity did each pick this year? So my oldest is doing like this library club that meets weekly. They do different activities, including like anime, um, trivia, trivia night, and uh, they even did a lock-in. So that's her thing. She's found her people. She's very happy with that. Um, my middle child will be doing Girl Scouts once that starts up again. Um, and then my son, I believe, because we haven't signed him up officially yet, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be um, martial arts for him. My friend, my husband's friend owns a dojo. So I think it's going to be that one. Um, but we haven't signed any paperwork yet. But I'm pretty sure that's where we're going with uh, with what he's going to be doing. And then um, my brother-in-law is giving us a clarinet. So we'll have another instrument in the house. <laughs> so that'll be a clarinet, flute, guitar, piano, and saxophone in the house. And I just kind of let that be a free flowing activity. Like you guys can be beatniks and drum on things. And we have a recorder too. I forgot about that. And then also my middle child's best friend just got a drum set. So when she goes over there, they play the drums. I'm like, 
do you boo have a great time over there <laughs> so yeah that's what they're gonna be doing i'm i'm really trying to push for um my middle child to to want to be more musical but she just so far hasn't really had an interest but she did say she was interested in clarinet so we'll see we will see Oh yeah, you said when you feel when you have only one child, you feel obligated to get them out there. You know what? I'll tell you, as an only child, I wish my parents hadn't. <laughs> I was in everything. I did gymnastics and I told y'all I was part of that debutante thing and I played sports, don't even like sports, but I was in track and basketball and almost volleyball. Thank God I didn't make that team. But sometimes it's just too much. Like, it's cool to just chill, too. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that for your son. I'm just saying that for me. Like, I think I would have loved more downtime um, to not constantly feel like I had to put on a, a, a mask and perform and, you know, be around other people and try not to be awkward, try not to, you know, have people like me and all that kind of stuff. It's just I would have preferred to have more time to myself as a kid. Um, but I'm and I'm an only child, like I said. So it's different for every kid, though, of course. Okay, QA question. How much time do you recommend spending on remedial ketchup? So um, remind me, Imani, what grades we're talking about, because uh, my answer is going to be a little different if we're talking like young kids. Um, if you don't mind just throwing that in the chat really quickly. Oh, yeah, I played the flute and sax, too. <laughs> and piano oh going to the sixth um okay so i kind of feel like when you're headed to middle school a lot of what you learned in elementary school gets repeated naturally anyway because you know in elementary school you learned um addition subtraction multiplication division well, that's going to get repeated once you start to pick up PEMDAS, which will incorporate parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. So there's going to be some natural repetition in there anyway. Um, so for math, I probably wouldn't spend a whole, whole lot of time on catch up unless you feel like that he's really just not getting it, in which case you could spend some time playing some games like math bingo over the summer. Um, same for reading and like the parts of speech, all of that is going to get repeated anyway, naturally in the in the sixth grade. If you were, were you here yesterday when I showed the uh, Big Fat Notebook series, because if you if you are thinking about just spending some focused time and attention on those major subjects, I would recommend you getting the ELA book and the math book. You, like, you don't have to get the whole series like me, but definitely those two. I think would be good resources for you to kind of have like that natural, like, hey, let's review this chapter. Like you can do it kind of in stages, like one chapter a day or, you know, one unit a week or something in those books to just kind of review. But it's in a fun way that's adapted specifically more for middle school. So, you know, it doesn't feel like it's remedial, even though it does review all those tech, uh, all those techniques all over again anyway because like i said in middle school there's like some natural repetition and review that happens as they learn new concepts they review the old ones from elementary school anyway so it, for your kid it won't feel remedial it'll just feel like oh i'm getting ready for middle school but and, and i'll just show you what i'm talking about so you can see the parts that i'm saying like they review it give me one second 
Oh, my goodness. Y'all, my legs are so sore from the yard work. Okay. So, like, this is the, the English one. And... Um, let's see. Yeah, okay, so like unit one is grammar. There's gonna be a natural review of grammar in middle school. Um, so if you felt like your kid maybe didn't get the parts of speech all that well, it's gonna be reviewed again anyway. Let me just show you this page. First page, reviews, parts of speech. <laughs> so you don't have to feel like you have to go over it you can just you know say hey there you go here's this book and it's going to review it anyway for them and then same thing with this math one um they don't like straight up review addition <laughs> but like types of numbers in the number line it's it reviews it in a way that uh oh, here's one adding positive and negative numbers so obviously that's reviewing addition hold on let me get to that page but you don't have to like straight up go back and review adding and subtracting. So see, so there's, there's natural review. You don't have to feel like you've got to spend a whole lot of time on it, you know? So if you guys like these books, they are in my Amazon cart or storefront. There's a whole series. There's 10 of them that actually, four of them are high school. It's six of them are middle school. I have them all. I recommend them all. Um, so yeah, I hope that's helpful. Let's see. Oh, it's already 10. Wow, that went by fast, y'all. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed that episode of the Homeschool Help Desk Live. Remember that I am on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube at Cousin Tam. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.